You are listening to The Pregnancy Podcast with Vanessa Merton. Hello, thank you for tuning into The Pregnancy Podcast. The full article and resources that accompany this episode can be found at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash troubleshooting your baby. A reminder that tomorrow, July 8th, Jen Lumenlen, who hosts the Your Parenting Mojo podcast, is doing a free online workshop called Tame Your Triggers, and that's going to help with some of the struggles of parenting. It's going to help you understand why you may feel triggered by your child's behavior and know what practical steps you can take to avoid feeling triggered in the first place and manage your response to your child so that it's a more positive interaction on both sides. I'm a big fan of Jen, and I will be joining this free workshop, and I hope you do too. For the details, you can visit yourparentingmojo.com forward slash tame your triggers. I have mentioned the Your Parenting Mojo podcast before. This is an awesome resource for parenting with a ton of evidence-based information. Jen Lumenlun is a pro at diving into research on all things parenting. And this is mostly focused on parenting toddlers and up. But with that being said, there are many episodes of her podcast that will benefit you even with a new baby and when you're thinking ahead on how you want to parent your child. I want to thank IntelliBed for their support of this episode. I spent months looking into new mattresses for my family. This is a big purchase and obviously you spend a lot of time in bed maybe a little bit less when you are pregnant or with a new baby. But you know me, I like to do my research. And so finding the right mattress was such a challenge. And the chemicals in mattresses are crazy. And off-gassing of those chemicals is a serious concern for anyone, but especially if you're pregnant, if you have a baby, or if you have small kids that could be exposed to those chemicals. After dozens of hours of research and looking into all of the available options, I landed on IntelliBed. And my favorite thing about their mattresses is that there is zero off-gassing. IntelliBed is a sound choice for safety, but this is by far the most comfortable bed that I have ever slept in. It almost feels like you're weightless. It's amazing. I love it. And I know that you will too. I teamed up with IntelliBed to get you an exclusive offer. You can get 10% off, free shipping, free sheets, and a free mattress cover. Plus, they have a 90-day trial. So if you try it and you don't love it, you can return it. Although I bet that it will be some of the best sleep you have ever had. And I should also mention that IntelliBed has a 20-year warranty, which is pretty much unheard of. They make amazing mattresses. They really stand by their products. To check out IntelliBed, you can visit PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash mattress. I also want to thank Zoller for their support of this episode. You know that Zoller makes my favorite prenatal vitamin, and I love it because they use really high quality ingredients. And they are rolling out a new and improved formula, so they're taking an already amazing vitamin and making it even better. Of course, it's still going to include all of the important things that I look for in a prenatal vitamin, like the active form of folate over folic acid and really high quality ingredients. 
When you buy the vitamin on Amazon, which is the cheapest place to buy it online, you can also save 25%. To check out more about the Zoller vitamin, all the details, including the promo code so that you can save 25% on Amazon, you can go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamin. This episode, we are talking about troubleshooting some common issues that you can run into when you're breastfeeding. And these are issues that are more related to your baby. These are symptoms you're going to see in your baby, as opposed to some symptoms that would show up in your breasts. Now, not everyone runs into these issues, and I don't want to freak you out. But if you do run into any of these, you're going to have an idea of what's going on and how to treat it or how to get help. I've done a lot of reading and research and breastfeeding my two kids myself, but I am not a lactation consultant. I really cannot stress enough the importance of seeing a lactation consultant, of going to a support group. It can be incredibly helpful to get some assistance the second that you need it before a small issue becomes a bigger issue. I know that the thought of hiring a consultant can just sound expensive, but many times you can find these resources for free. La Leche League is a great starting place for this. And check with the venue where you're planning to give birth or check with your midwife if you're planning a home birth, because often there are free resources in your community. And there's a page on the Pregnancy Podcast website with all of the breastfeeding resources, episodes, and articles in one place. And that's at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash breastfeeding. And two other resources that may be worth checking out. The Kelly Mom blog is an excellent resource for breastfeeding topics, and I reference it throughout this episode. And I'm a huge fan of the Womanly Art of Breastfeeding book. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Anytime that I hear a friend is expecting a baby, that's the first thing that I buy and send them is that book because it's awesome for breastfeeding. The first issue that I want to talk about is jaundice. Jaundice happens when your baby has a yellowish tinge to their skin. And this often happens with healthy newborns. Jaundice is caused by a buildup of a chemical called bilirubin. And this is in your baby's blood. Bilirubin is formed naturally from the body's normal breakdown of red blood cells, and the liver is responsible for removing this from the bloodstream. But oftentimes, a newborn's liver doesn't work quite as efficiently as it needs to, and the result is that they get this slight yellow tinge to their skin. It's common for babies to have a mild case of jaundice, which is completely harmless, But if the bilirubin does reach high levels, it can become a really serious condition. And if it's not treated effectively, it can lead to some pretty serious problems. Jaundice does tend to be more common in newborns who are breastfeeding, as opposed to those getting formula, and most often in those that are not nursing well. So if you're breastfeeding, you should be nursing your little one 8 to 12 times per day in those first few days. That's going to help you to produce enough milk and to help keep those bilirubin levels low. You want to keep an eye on your baby. If you suspect that they have jaundice, you definitely want to contact your pediatrician. You want to keep breastfeeding and do that often. That's one of the best things you can do to prevent this issue. And if your baby does get jaundice, it's going to first appear on their face and then on their chest and abdomen and finally on their arms and legs. The whites of their eyes may also be yellow, 
And when you have your first checkup with your pediatrician, they're going to examine your baby for jaundice. And if they suspect that that could be present, they may order a skin or blood test just so that they can actually diagnose the condition. And they're not using just the color of your baby's skin to diagnose that and those tests. They're also going to be looking at your baby's age and some other factors. And jaundice tends to peak at three to five days old. And that's because that's the time when bilirubin level is at the highest. And if your pediatrician does determine that your baby has jaundice and that they need to be treated, there's several ways that that can be done. Those bilirubin levels can be reduced by placing your baby under some special lights. And for that, they are usually undressed. This can be done in the hospital or at home. During this treatment, their eyes are generally covered to protect them during the light therapy. And I'm going to link to some additional resources for breastfeeding a baby with jaundice from the Kelly Mom blog in the article for this on the website. Another thing that you can run into that seems to be a pretty hot topic in recent years, I feel like there's been a lot more talk about it, is tongue tie. Tongue tie is when your baby's frenum or frenulum, which is the membrane under the tongue, when that's too short and it restricts the movement of their tongue. So when your baby nurses, they stick their tongue out. And if they can't do that, it's going to make it really difficult for them to get a good latch and to effectively remove milk. Some of the symptoms of tongue tie can be that your baby's having a difficult time maintaining a latch and that they're not able to suck or swallow effectively. You can do a quick Google search to see exactly what tongue tie looks like, but this is something that's going to be diagnosed by a doctor or a lactation consultant. Generally, to treat it, they're going to snip that membrane. So that's done with a local anesthetic. It's a really quick procedure. And if your baby has tongue tie, the sooner you get it fixed, the better. So if you have any concerns about tongue tie, please bring it up with a lactation consultant or your pediatrician. Another issue that can come up, and this one is really kind of with you and your baby, is a yeast infection and thrush. So a yeast infection on your breast is going to make your nipples pink and shiny looking, your skin may be flaking, you're going to have some burning, itching, and potentially some pain. And if your baby has a yeast infection in their mouth, it's known as thrush. And part of the problem with this is that it gets passed back and forth between you and your baby. So a sign that you would see in your baby is that they have creamy white patches in their mouth and on their tongue that do not wipe off. It's worth noting that your baby may have somewhat of a white coating on their tongue from milk, but that should wipe off easily. If it's thrush, it won't. So if you think that you have a yeast infection in your breast, or that your baby has thrush, you definitely want to seek out a lactation consultant or talk to your doctor or midwife or your pediatrician right away. There is quite a bit to do to treat this that involves you, your baby, and anything that's coming into contact with your breast or your baby's mouth. And I really recommend that you see a professional if you think that you may have thrush. I'll also link to an article from the Kelly Mom blog that goes into a lot more detail on thrush and some resources. We know that breast milk is the perfect food for your baby, but it's 
but it's possible that your baby can have some food allergies or sensitivities. So everything that you're eating is going to be passed to your baby in trace amounts in your milk. So if your baby has an allergy or a food sensitivity, it's going to show up with them being more fussy than normal. They may be spitting up more often than they usually do, more gas. They could develop a rash that usually shows up on their cheeks or even on their bottom. You may see some signs of eczema. The only real way to tell if something that you're eating is bothering your baby is to cut it out of your diet and then see if the symptoms improve. And I know that that process can be a little bit frustrating because it's not instant results. Some of the foods that are most commonly associated with allergies or sensitivities in babies are cow's milk. And that's not just in milk, but also something in cheeses, butter, and it's in a lot of packaged foods. Soy, eggs, wheat, and corn also tend to be pretty common causes of allergies. So if you eliminate something from your diet, it could take a week or two to fully see symptoms improve. And that's assuming that that food was causing the problem. And this is just trial and error because, of course, you can try to cut something out of your diet and maybe you don't see any change at all. So I know this is a frustrating problem for those parents who do have a baby with food allergies or sensitivities. That's also a great topic that you can bring up with your pediatrician or a lactation consultant. And that's usually an issue that can be fixed. Some moms may experience a time with their baby when your baby suddenly decides that they don't want to breastfeed. And the key word here is suddenly. So this isn't your baby weaning or your child weaning. This is something that they would rarely do on their own before age two. This is something that happens suddenly, and it can be for an infinite number of reasons. Something simple to detect, like maybe that they have a cold, or it could be something more obscure, like maybe there was just a change in the taste of your milk that they didn't like. So if your baby's having a nursing strike, you still want to be expressing milk. You want to keep up your supply. You don't want your supply dipping and you want to avoid plug ducts. So you can do this by hand expressing, or this is a great opportunity to use your breast pump. With breastfeeding, you can't force it. It just doesn't work that way. So if your baby doesn't want to nurse, then you can't force them to nurse. You may want to try nursing your baby at night or even when they're sleeping. They may be more apt to just take the breast. You can also try breastfeeding in a different position or a different place. There's a great article on the Kelly Mom blog that's titled Help My Baby Won't Nurse. I'll link to that in the article in the show notes, and that goes into a lot more details. You may also run into the exact opposite of that problem, which is your baby will not stop nursing. And this is something that's really normal and something that I certainly was not prepared for with my first baby. Your baby doesn't eat in the same patterns every day. This is going to vary all over the place, especially really early on. So when they, it feels like they won't stop nursing, this is called cluster feeding. And this is when your baby spaces their feedings really close together during one part of the day. So for example, if your baby wants to be attached to your breast from 5 to 8 p.m., yes, that is for three solid hours, 
then that would be a cluster feeding. And it's also pretty common for babies to naturally be fussier in the evening. And your breast is really comforting for them. So they may prefer to be at your breast more during that time. But I do want you to know that this is completely normal. Another time that this can happen is when your baby is going through a growth spurt. You're going to know this because they're going to be breastfeeding a lot more often. They may be more fussy than normal. When your baby does increase the frequency that they're feeding, keep in mind this is temporary. Usually it just goes for two to three days. It could potentially be as long as a week, but that's something that's not going to last forever. Some common time frames for growth spurts, and this is going to vary from one baby to the next, but commonly you'll see them at two to three weeks, four weeks, at three, four, six, and nine months. So every baby's going to be a little bit different, but those time frames tend to be the most typical. And remember too that when your baby's going through a growth spurt and they are eating a lot, what they're doing is they are increasing the amount of milk that your body's producing. So they're going to need more milk during that growth spurt. And so those more frequent feedings are telling your body to produce more milk. With a newborn, you may find that your baby is falling asleep at your breast. And in those first few days and weeks, you're really trying to get breastfeeding established. So it can be really difficult if you have a baby who's falling asleep or is just overly sleepy. It's commonly recommended that you wake them up every two hours during the day or every four hours at night. And that's in those first couple weeks until they get back to their birth weight. I would check with your doctor, your midwife, or your pediatrician for their suggestion on how often you need to be feeding your baby in those early days. With my son, I made the mistake of thinking that I had to set alarms throughout the night for way longer than I actually needed to. And it would have been nice in hindsight had I actually gotten some extra sleep in those days. So definitely check with your doctor, your midwife, or your pediatrician. Because you don't want to have to wake up your baby to feed them if you don't need to. Now, if you do have a sleepy baby and you need to wake them up a little bit to get them more interested in breastfeeding, some things that you can do is to burp your baby. Just gently patting their back may wake them up a little bit. You could also kind of pick them up, change their diaper, just something to gently let them know, hey, okay, it's time to wake up. And hopefully that will help them be a little bit more alert to breastfeed. The last issue that I want to talk about is your baby spitting up. And this is something that all babies do, some more than others. This is what all of those burp cloths are for that you may be stocking up on. Usually this doesn't bother your baby too much, and it looks like a lot more than it really is. So this is really common. It's not something that you should stress out about. If you do think that your baby's spitting up more than they should, you can definitely bring it up with a lactation consultant or your pediatrician. And spitting up is different from vomiting. Spitting up looks more like milk just free flowing from your baby's mouth, where vomiting is more of a forceful ejection of the contents of their stomach. So spitting up and throwing up are two completely different things. And I think that you'll be able to know the difference. 
There are some very simple things that you can do to reduce spitting up. The first thing is burping your baby after they eat. That can help reduce it. Also, just keeping them upright for a bit. If you are just feeding your baby and then immediately lying them down, they may be more likely to spit up. So you may just want to keep them upright. There are some additional articles on the website that link to more details on a lot of these topics. So I would check those out. And also, I do not want to understate the importance of a lactation consultant. If you were having any breastfeeding issues at all, a lactation consultant can be an incredible resource. To recap today's episode, we talked about a bunch of issues that can come up with breastfeeding that you're going to see in your baby. Things like jaundice, tongue tie, thrush, food allergies, nursing strikes, sleepy babies, cluster feeding, growth spurts, and spitting up. I want to thank you for tuning into the pregnancy podcast today. As always, you can contact me, Vanessa, at pregnancypodcast.com. You can find the full article and resources that accompany this episode at pregnancypodcast.com forward slash troubleshooting your baby. Thank you to Intellibed for their support of this episode. I spent months looking into new mattresses for my family, and all of the research that I did led me to Intellibed. This is the most comfortable mattress. It has zero off-gassing and a 20-year warranty. I teamed up with Intellibed to get you an exclusive offer. You can get 10% off, free shipping, a free set of sheets, and a free mattress cover. Plus, they have a 90-day trial, so you can try it, and if you don't love it, you can return it. Although, I bet that it will be some of the best sleep that you have ever had. To check it out, you can go to PregnancyPodcast.com forward slash mattress. And thank you to Zoller for their support. Zoller makes a high-quality prenatal vitamin that has the active form of folate, and they just reformulated this vitamin. So they took an amazing vitamin and made it even better. And it still has all the important things like omega-3s and DHA. You can get 25% when you buy it on Amazon. For all the details on that, go to pregnancypodcast.com forward slash vitamins.